Hey everyone, welcome back to today's Prove It podcast. We're so glad that you're taking time to join us today. And uh, I get to be, jo- actually, I haven't been on here for a couple of weeks and you haven't either. Yeah, neither. So we're, we're like, you know, rusty probably today. So yeah. uh, I'm joined with our senior minister, Andy here, and I'm Daniel. And uh, we're continuing to go through the book of John. Mm-hmm. And as always, we just encourage you to uh, take some time to read through the passage. And then we come together and discuss some thoughts that we have. Um, and we're we're kind of beyond the halfway point. I feel like chapter 12 is kind of the the conclusion and also kind of begins to be yep. the beginning of the latter half of, of the book. So we're going to wrap a lot of things up. We've talked about before, you know, John's purpose in writing, and you said from the stage, is is to present to people uh, information about Jesus, the things that he's taught, and specifically sp- uh, certain signs that he's mm-hmm. done to help them have belief in him. And he even defines that belief as we go. It's not just acknowledging who Jesus is, but it's it's starting a relation with relationship with him. It's turning your life fully over to him. It's being found it's, in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. 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 And uh, so we've actually seen all the signs with the exception of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people would say this, this is the conclusion of the first 12 chapters that people call the book of signs. And so, um, yeah, so we've got, got that going on. Um, anything else you'd add before we kind of jump in? I, I just want to kind of double up on, on something that, that you said there, because it is interesting. And I mean, John does this so intentionally the first 11 chapters cover three years yeah, mm-hmm. and the final 10 chapters cover like one week. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's just that John wants to give us the information we need to be able to believe. And so he wants to get to this point and, and really be able to say, this is the event um, that, that your belief is going to be founded in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's good to kind of point out where we left off in chapter 11, because yeah. that was a really big chapter, because yeah. that really helps set the stage for 12. So, uh-huh. you know, we saw this last sign, the probably the most significant of Jesus raising Lazarus, his yep. friend from the dead. Mm-hmm. And um, but this also created a, a little bit of a firestorm. You know, you have people that have, have heard about this, so they're flocking to him and crowds that are interested in him. But we ended with chapter 11 with the religious leaders there around Jerusalem. They're not impressed. They're not no. celebrating anything. Uh-uh. Yeah, they are. They feel threatened and, and even they don't like that people are believing in Jesus. They see him as nothing but trouble. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're going to see more political overtones in this chapter when we have this you know triumphal entry. And it's important to note that a lot of these Jewish leaders are they they don't want to see kind of an uproar happen, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they're still they're still under the jurisdiction of the Romans, and right. um, so a lot going on. And and right afterwards, Jesus has fled to a, a, a town nearby, and so people are kind of on the lookout because now we're we're coming up to this final Passover. Mm-hmm. This is a time that people come into the city of Jerusalem to worship to celebrate that feast, and everyone is looking for Jesus to make an appearance. And and that's kind of where we where we start off in in chapter twelve. So maybe just if you're okay, give us a brief uh, bird's eye view. What what are we going to see in this chapter? What are some of the highlights? Yeah, I mean th- there are several things, and and you see kind of the beginning of this last week of Jesus's life. You see Lazarus come back into the picture. You see the 
the the the religious leaders um, not only have this desire to kill Jesus that we see at the end of chapter eleven, but now because of proximity, they also want to get rid of of, of Lazarus. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you you see this triumphal entry, this time where where people were lining the streets and shouting the praise of Jesus, which from where we sit today, I mean, it, it's just so fascinating knowing that within the matter of less than a week, like their uh-huh. tone is going to change mm-hmm. completely. Um, you see kind of just this, this hesitance to truly buy into Jesus by, by some of the, the, the Jewish people and, yeah. and, and kind of these point backs to other points in, in, in their history to where they'd seen God do incredible things, but yet they just were not willing to believe. And, 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 and so, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there is a ton, a ton going on here. Um, so should, should be fun okay. to talk about. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Well, we'll go ahead and jump in. Um, so I'm just going to kind of summarize some of these, you know, the first things that we see. So right away in verse one, you know, it's we're getting close to the Passover time. John tells us it's six days beforehand. And so we're looking at Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Friday night uh, or the, Saturday. Yeah, the week before. And uh, Jesus is not in Jerusalem yet, but it says he goes to Bethany, which is where... Lazarus. Mary and yeah, Martha and Lazarus are, and, and they're holding a, a banquet in his honor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he goes and it uh, says, Martha serving, typical yep. Martha, uh, not out of character for her. Lazarus is there. And uh, then we have this story of Mary. And it says that she has this very expensive bottle or jar of, of perfume, mm-hmm. and she break, breaks it and, and pours it on Jesus' feet and, and basically anoints him. Um, and then it says she she uses her hair to to wipe his feet and and yeah the the fragrance of 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 that perfume fills the air. Then we have one of his own disciples, Judas, mm-hmm. who becomes a little critical of this yeah. what she's doing. Like how could she take something that's so expensive and just waste it? it, it right. That's kind of how he saw it. And and the text lets us know. I mean, this is like a very expensive three to, 300 to 400 denarii and a denarii uh-huh. was a day's wage. So yeah. I mean a year to a year plus. Yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. like your, your whole salary right. just in one moment. Right. And, and, and there weren't pumps on their perfume back then. Like right. there, it, it was an all or no, nothing kind of deal, uh-huh. you know? And yeah. 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 And so, uh, so anyway, um, so that's, what's going on here. And uh, any, any kind of thoughts just about when you read this story, uh, maybe kind of what, what comes to mind? What, why would John include this in his gospel? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot that that's taken place here. I, I think one of the things that, that, that you see first off is, is you get this picture of Lazarus reclining at the table with Jesus. And, and it's just, I, I read somebody as I was kind of, you know, reading over some stuff for this and, and they were talking about how that's the picture of our hope that after our death, that we will be hmm. reclining at the table yeah. with Jesus. Resting. You know? and, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought that was such a cool. Yeah. You know, interesting. Yeah. Cause we don't think about that detail as often as yeah. you know, we think about Mary. And, yeah. And I mean, uh-huh. and, and just everything that has to be going on coming off the heels of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Um, but, but then you do have this extravagant act of love 
that Mary shows. And, and again, in, in that culture, just even the picture of her using her hair to dry Jesus's feet, mm-hmm. because they never would have let their hair down. Yeah. Like their hair would have always have been up as she mm-hmm. lets it down. And then the, 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 the picture that we get here of, of Judas and, um, you know, I, I think that it's easy sometimes, uh, to kind of just picture Judas as this guy who made this mistake whenever he betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. But his heart was already very hard. Right. Even before that took place. Like there was a lot of corruption that was already in him. Before. Yeah. This is, this is like one of those moments that I do, you do wonder when, when was that point of no return? Cause I, Jesus gets onto him here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, cause I, I thought about that kind of reading, reading through this passage. And I think the account in Matthew and Mark makes it more clear that it's after this moment that he goes and kind of consults with the religious leaders to betray Jesus. And so, but I I just wonder, was this the last straw for him? Mm -hmm. You know, like there, there is this, I think with any kind of broken relationship, you, you allow this resentment to grow in perhaps. And, and I don't know, I don't want to read too much into it, but I, I, it was clear that Jesus or that Judas had, he had in mind of how things should be. Right. And, um, but that was in opposition to what Jesus said. And, and we right. see that played out here in this one moment where Judas is saying, no, this is, this is a waste right. and, uh, we need to be caring about the poor. I mean, he masked it with good intentions, even though John tells us he was actually stealing money, you know, yep. and so he had other motivations, but um, I don't know. I, yeah, I find that interesting just the, to kind of the, think. There's a lot that we can learn there. You uh-huh. know, there, there's a lot that we can, because I, I, I don't think you're reading into anything at all. I, I do think that this is the moment that like that final straw. And, and mm-hmm. whenever you just think about the dynamics of human relationships, um, <clears throat> like you, we, we all have been there mm-hmm. to where you're still showing up, but you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 there's the the relationship is kind of hanging by a thread, and 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 this is the the final straw that that, that finally broke it. Yeah, this this passage also it 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 challenges me on a, you know, we both we're both ministers and we work mm-hmm. at a church. It challenges me on that level too because mm-hmm. I I love this image of Mary just offering such an extravagant yeah. act of, of, of worship. And, and often our worship of God sometimes can look impractical, mm-hmm. but it's hard sometimes being on the, the side of leadership. Um, and, and I think sometimes practicality can, can stand in opposition of worship. And I, I noticed this sometimes whenever, you know, we work with people who are every much a part of the church as we are, and we're yeah. all in submission to Christ. And they may have certain ways of, of doing things and certain passions and motivations and ways that they want to lead others and serve others. But sometimes, you know, I can look at that and think that's, that's not practical. That's not helpful, well, yeah. but it's these kinds of this passage that challenges that for me. And, um, I don't know, cause I, I know I, I want to use discernment, you know, you still have leaders for a reason, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't ever want to squash people's desire to worship God in the way that, that is, you know, special to them. I mean, for Mary, this, this was not impractical for her. Her brother mm-hmm. was raised from the dead and that was worth 
everything Mm -hmm. and and she wanted to show it and she wanted to express it you know um so that's just a way that this passage has has challenged me i got it man that's convicting yeah 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 for sure but anyway so yeah and again i i I like this too you know i i think about you know funerals because that's that's another thing to kind of point out the 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 heading here in the niv is is kind of jesus anointing and and you know John even uses language to acknowledge this is kind of like preparing Jesus for burial, even though he's not dead yet. Yeah. Um, and we don't know fully if Mary totally understood what she was doing. Right. Um, but it very much was kind of forecasting what was to come in just a few short days. And um, but I, I don't know. I always think often about, you know, at funerals, you know, people give eulogies and say nice things about the people. And it's always there's always this like sadness of like, man that person would love to hear those things and how their life impacted them. But at this point it's, you know, it's beyond that. But here Mary just, it's like, this is, this is her eulogy and it's in a very symbolic way. And, and I just love that, you know, she, she shares it in this way and, and does so when Jesus is there, you know, I don't know, another encouragement, maybe just, uh, I don't know, just, uh, I I don't know, showing that and, (laughs) and, uh, and saying those things, uh, ahead of time, maybe. So anyway, all right. Well, we'll uh, keep going, or unless you had any other thoughts about that. No, I I think that that's a beautiful way to to end yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're we're at this weekend, and now now we come to this really big moment, mm-hmm. um, the triumphal entry, and this is this is the second event that is listed in all the gospels. So we mm-hmm. know it's going to be a big deal. John often highlights things that others didn't highlight, uh, but this is one of those that now all four gospels have an account of, and so basically. Jesus on, on Sunday morning rides into Jerusalem, you know, and, and this was normal. Passover's coming. Uh, you have Jews that will be traveling from all over the area to come to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast. And they, they take this pilgrim path. It would go through Bethany. And so Jesus is now coming in um, and, and to uh, fulfill a prophecy that mm-hmm. talked about from Zechariah about Jesus riding in on the foal of a donkey. And uh, so he, he actually, if we look at the other gospels, arranges that and, and he comes in, people are there to usher him in. They, they've got palm branches and they're shouting this phrase, Hosanna, Mm -hmm. uh, glory to God. Um, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, um, so this is, this is a big moment. Um, maybe share some thoughts on um, what, what is happening here? What's the significance of some of this? Yeah, I mean, it is, it, it, it is remarkable what's happening here because the people are identifying Jesus as, as, as king. Mm-hmm. Um, the branches that they're laying on the, on, on the ground here were something that they did commonly uh, whenever a, a leader of an army would come in after a victory. Mm-hmm. Whenever a king would come in, mm-hmm. um, and so they're identifying Jesus as a king. But generally, whenever that king would come in, they would be riding on the back of a white stallion. They yeah. would have their armor and all their, you know, their 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 robes and everything would be glittering in the sunlight. But here, you have Jesus riding in on the back. Of a donkey, and, and and so you see this paradox that, I mean, just does such a great job of describing Jesus' entire ministry, and in a lot of ways does a great 
job of describing many of our relationships with Jesus today. Mm-hmm. That, that yes, Jesus, you're king, but we determine in our own minds, and they had determined in their own mind, what kind of king they wanted Jesus to be. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had an expectation. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I think we do that. And uh-huh. I, I think that um as Jesus is is riding in, you know, he is symbolically by coming in on a donkey without the armor, without the the fancy robes and all that stuff. He is he is saying partly you're right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you're also very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not here to reestablish Israel. I am not here to overthrow Rome. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get into that here um, a, a little bit more. But, I mean, as, as you just think about this this, this event playing out, it's just amazing how popular Jesus was in this moment mm-hmm. to where five days later, many of these exact same people, are going to be the ones standing and screaming at the top of their lungs to Pilate to crucify him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I cannot read this story without, or, or this event without having that also run through my mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, and I think you're right. You know, this is the the people kind of acknowledging that he's king, but in their own way, what they want him to be. Right. Um, but then I think this is also Jesus's way to acknowledge it too, which kind of, almost seems out of character, but not when you realize the full story. You know, mm-hmm. I think we've gone through now 12 chapters and Jesus has like time and time again, through his conversations with people, through these signs, through his teachings, wanting to convey to people who he is and allowing people, giving them the freedom to make, to respond appropriately without just flat out saying who yeah. he is. But this is, I think, kind of his way of, okay, now the veil is completely off. You know, I, I am, I am the one that the prophets yeah. told about, and and I think the the timing has been slow, and I think that is for a purpose, um, because once once the revelation comes, a decision has to be made, mm-hmm. and I think I think John highlights a lot of that here because yeah. he from this moment talks about all these different groups of people. You know, mm-hmm. he mentions in verse 16, the disciples, you know, John kind of tells us they didn't understand all of this. And I think this goes to what you were saying. I think even his own disciples had in mind the type of king he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of lets us know a- after the cross, then they look back and they realized, okay, this was actually much bigger than we even thought, you yeah. know? Um, and then you have the crowds there that, you know, some of them who were there when Lazarus rose from the dead, you had others that came um, because they had heard about that. Um, and then you, of course, have the Pharisees who are on the negative side of things that, you know, they're, this is just fueling their frustration. They see, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look at how the whole world has gone after him. And so they, <laughs> they will do whatever they can to just destroy uh, destroy him. And like you'd mentioned before, even to the point of like, we need to kill Lazarus too, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, that just shows how far gone that it's, that they are willing to commit a heinous act to just get their way, you know? It's personal now. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's, I, I love this scene and I know it's, this is one of those times where I know we're going through John, but there is this section in Luke that after he rides in that I always, 
just, uh, it always just strikes me. And Jesus, you know, he kind of comes up to the top of this mountain and, and sees Jerusalem and just weeps. Um, and just kind of seeing Jesus's heart for people who have been presented the truth. You know, it's now been multiple years that he's been there at Passover. I mean, this, like mm-hmm. he's been there every year and, uh, you know, just the, the heartbreak of, of, of those that don't accept it. And, and I think, and, and just knowing what that means. And, and so I just, you know, love seeing that compassionate side of him. Um, that again, it's not in John, but we see it, we see it yep, in Luke there. Sure. So, okay. So the, the rest of this chapter is just some more discussion. This is not un, uncharacteristic from John. Sometimes we'll have an event and then we kind of talk about what's to come. We'll talk about belief. Um, and so, but there is an interesting detail um, in verse 20, it says, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, one of you know Jesus' disciples, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip then in turn told Jesus. Um, and then Jesus begins to tell them, kind this of predicting his death. That's uh-huh. huge because uh-huh. all throughout this gospel, Jesus said, my time has not yet come. You go all the way back to chapter 2. You know, and that's one of the reasons that he said, I don't want to perform this miracle is because my time has not yet come. Then you get to verse 23 here and he says, okay, yeah, time's here. The hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Yeah. So we see it in this triumphal entry and now we hear it from his mouth. Mm -hmm. We're we're at this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. What do you make of the detail with the Greeks there? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the first thing would, would, would be that, um, that the Greeks are, are, just the Gentiles. Yeah, like basically someone who's not a Jew. Right. That's that word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that they very, very intentionally um, sought out Andrew and Philip mm-hmm. because Andrew and Philip were the two who had Greek names uh-huh. um, in, 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 in this situation. Uh, but no, I, I think that this is a point where where we're, we're beginning to to see this play out that this is more than just a Jewish thing. Uh Like this is something for all people. And again, that this is something that the disciples probably really weren't expecting Uh at this point. Yeah. Cause you come off of like a very patriotic moment or it feels that way to everyone in the crowd. And then to go immediately into foreigners is, is, you know, interesting. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes I always think like thinking about John writing this letter now decades later, um, you know, and, and just knowing after you read through Acts, knowing the tensions within the church early on with, you know, ethnicity and, and bringing in the outsider. Um, sometimes I just wonder if I, I know Jesus ministry was primarily to Jews. You have these instances where he goes into Gentile areas, not very often, mm-hmm. but uh, I think these are maybe John's ways of, of helping people see, no, this was always the plan, right. you know, because Jesus is saying something very significant. He's forecasting his death, but then he's calling people to the, what it means to follow him. Yeah. You know, anyone who loves their life will lose it. This is, this is what it means to be a disciple. And, right. and they're included in that conversation, Yes, you know? Um, and so I always think that that's, that's significant. So, um, Jesus kind of goes on. He talks, he says in verse 27, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. <clears throat> no, it was for this reason. I came to this hour. So something similar, you know, we kind of yep. see that same thought in the garden of Gethsemane. Um, you know, just recognizing that this is still difficult and, and, and Jesus is still facing a lot of turmoil, knowing what's to come, 
but still being fully obedient to God's will. And and that to me is always just what an example for us in 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 following Jesus and and when times get tough, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um <clears throat> and then kind of going along anything else you know that you see specifically that stands out he goes on and begins to talk about um belief and <clears throat> and unbelief um you know and we, we see this theme again i mean he he quotes from from isaiah uh or john does uh there in verse uh, kind of 37 to 41 it says even after jesus had performed so many signs in their presence they still would not believe in him so again, seeing all of this, and yet this is still, we still have people that are, are obstinate to what's happening. Yeah. And it says, this was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus glory and spoke about him. Um, so again, you know, going from a time of Isaiah's ministry where the people were obstinate, God had called Isaiah to speak his truth. And, um, and then there's a part later in that chapter where he says like, how long do I have to do this? And Jesus says, is, I mean, you keep going until basically people are so obstinate that they get taken over. And, mm -hmm. um, so we just see a similar thing with, with Jesus ministry there. Yeah. Um, and that, then he continues on, um, you know, there's one more, one more section that I always kind of find interesting. It's not something we haven't seen before. Verse 47, if anyone hears my words, but does not keep them, I do not judge that person for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. And then he goes on, there is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. Um, I always find this a little bit confusing. Yeah. You know, I saw like we, we had a similar conversation with Nicodemus mm -hmm. about that time, you know, where Jesus says Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's, he's bringing the truth of God and that, that necessitates a that's a, that's a judgment, like truth divides and it. You're on one side or you're on the other. Um, I don't know, but I mean, we just see that Jesus is here. His purpose is to save and to point out that there is a God who is so holy that, that he's the one that will judge someday. Um, I don't know. Any and thoughts I, around that? Yeah. I think whenever you look at that, you could almost like tie that together with what you're talking about from Luke with mm -hmm. Jesus looking over Jerusalem and weeping like, yeah, that is Jesus's heart that, like, yeah. he, I mean, Peter, Paul tell us that like he desires for all men to be saved. Yeah. And, and so, no, he has not come to judge, but for the one who does not believe, like that's mm -hmm. what's going to have to take place, you know? But I mean, his heart is for all people. Um, in, in, in the world to, to, to be saved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, that's so challenging because I try to think about our mission and, and I think we, we are called to be like Jesus, a, a testimony to God and to speak truth and to speak the truth that he's given us through his word. But we are not the ultimate judges, One hundred percent. but it's really hard to do that yeah. without being characterized that way, you know? And, and that's why I like when I read this, even from Jesus, I, I don't know, it's, I, I have some trouble in my mind 
I don't know. It feels, I don't know if it feels a little bit like a cop out in a way, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe that, I guess. No, but, I, anyway. I, I think that, that you're, you know, what, what you're saying is, is right. And I think that that's why for us, it, it, for, for, for me, I'll, I'll speak for me. Yeah. It is so, so hard regardless of how many times you're burned, regardless of how frustrated you are, regardless of poor decisions that people make, it is so, so hard to give up, Mm -hmm. you know? And because the desire and the belief is that the Holy Spirit can do things that go so far beyond what we can comprehend or what we could ever accomplish on our own. And, um, and so I just want to continue to be a, a, a conduit for for that to be able to take mm-hmm. place because we want to see every single person yeah. come into a relationship. Yeah, and maybe not take too much of a burden. Like God's God has his job, but our, our job is just to to testify to him. Yeah. And and I think it's really hard to not slip into wanting to see people's hearts changed and wanting to um you know, maybe kind of step into that role as of the judge and, and, you know, yeah. but, but that's being obedient to Christ following Jesus is, is we continue to point to the one who saves and continue to point to the truth that without that, we are all, we are all under a penalty. Yeah. And, and that's, that's sometimes really difficult. It's, and I think it, you know, is becoming more difficult in, in our world as, as truth is, you know, continues to, uh, be defined in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, but it's still, uh, you know, interesting just seeing Jesus maybe struggle with that same kind of tension. Yeah, um, for sure. So anyway, all right. Well, that kind of wraps up John chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And next time we get together, we'll jump into 13. Um, but as we close, is there any moment in this section that, that for you was stood out and was that prove it moment, basically that moment that uh, this struck me and this is, this is how it a- applies to me in my life. It struck me before you you you, you talked today about Mary mm-hmm. and and kind of just that the imagery of like a eulogy for Jesus before his death. Mm-hmm. But even after um, you you spoke, it, it struck me more. And and what I wrote down is um, the desire to have a love for Jesus that fills the room. Mm-hmm. You know, the j- yeah. just that that picture that. John gives us of Mary breaking over the open this jar of perfume and pouring it on Jesus. And in verse three, it says, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume and man, how amazing it would be to live a life that filled whatever room you were in with Mm -hmm. your love for Jesus, all because of Jesus's love for you. Mm -hmm. Like that, that Mary had experienced Jesus doing something by raising her brother from the dead, mm-hmm. that all chains were removed, mm-hmm. all caution was thrown to the wind. Mm-hmm. And it was just here, yeah. take, take, take it all, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that fragrance filling the room is just such a great imagery of what I would love for me and what I would love for our church yeah. to be people that 
our love for Jesus fills whatever room we're in. Sure. Yeah. I, I love that image and thinking about it in those terms. Cause you, you know, those kinds of people, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, those people who walk into a room and it's, it is that way. It's, and, and I think seeing that act of worship, that devotion, it would have impacted everybody in a yep. sense, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. I think my prove it moment is in that same, you know, same vein and kind of going off of that, just this idea of, you know, her taking her hair down, humiliating herself in essence. And, you know, cause for a woman that their hair was their crown, mm-hmm. you know, and that was, um, that just meant so much. And so just trying to think in terms for us today, what are, what does it mean to lay a crown at Jesus feet? And, and I think, and I, I think even as I walk with <clears throat> Jesus more, sometimes it can be challenging to break out of what I've always known and to really challenge myself. What is what is something amazing that I have to fully give to God? You know, similar to this act that that Mary that Mary had, and I don't I don't want to miss those opportunities. Right. You know, right? And um, and yeah, and so I'm thankful for her testimony. I'm thankful for her example. I'm glad that John accounts for it, and even the other gospel, a couple of others, write her in there. And I think those are big moments that we need to remember of when we when we worship Jesus. I mean, it's it's everything. So anyway, awesome. well, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. It's it's a big week for us. We're this is going to come out this week, uh, the a couple of days before our be the church day. So oh, yeah. yeah, maybe that will be a, a way our church can can fill our community with with the fragrance of jesus you oh, know man, that'd be great. um but we're, we're we're looking forward to that and and uh, hopefully you get to be a part of that and uh, otherwise we will see you next week <laughs>